Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to another episode of the Dear Honey Podcast. Episode number five. It's somewhere in there. We we are after we had the first episode, which was introducing us. We had the divorce episode. We had the, um, I feel like we had something after that. We did. Valentine. No, Valentine was the divorce episode. We had some good episodes. That's all I can say. And then, of course, last week. Oh, I'm knocking the table and everything. Last week, we had our very, very good friends, uh, the Phillips, on the show, which we got a part two coming up really soon. And we got to follow through on our promise with the whole watermelon uh, challenge. So that's coming soon. Uh, we just got a lot of good stuff happening on the Dear Honey podcast. So I'm excited. I'm going to be quiet, though. You're going to be quiet? We just want to thank you guys for tuning in each week, for liking, for sharing. Um, Support just, has been amazing. Really. We're just super, super grateful for all of the page shares, all the page likes, all the video likes. Um, we are truly, truly grateful. And all of the stops when people call us and be like, "Man, I'm telling y'all, got something good." Uncle Bob is the number. He sent us to the NAACP. <laughs> so, Uncle Bob, you, you definitely have been the top supporter. We thank you know Uncle what? Bob. For we that. gotta come up with a fan name. We do. We need a fan name. So, if you guys think of something, uh, you know, I used to be in a singing group. Uh, before I got married and, you know, like you've heard of the temptation and stuff, I had Ed Perry and the Edibles. And we sang those classic hits like, Why Are Your Eggs So Runny? Uh, You're a Chicken Wing Woman. Uh, and I hit gospel classic, Jesus Did I Get Food Poisoning Because I Forgot to Say Grace. I know y'all you know remember what? that. Since we're posting this on Thursday, we should put a throwback Thursday right here. Here are the Edibles. So you can see it's legit. I really was in a singing group. You saw my friends in there, the background singers. We had to break up because we had an argument over uh, who made the potato salad at one of our uh, album <laughs> release parties. But we've been a hit ever since then. We just retired. Anyway, I'm with my wife now. We're happily married. And uh, dear. Yes, honey. What is on the agenda for today? Okay, since we discussed uh, dating, marriage, being a millennial, I thought that it might be imperative for us to talk about the number one thing that couples fight about. Their booty. The money. The money after the booty. Money. Money is the number one cause of divorce. It, it pretty much always has been besides abuse. Uh, well, people will put up with abuse if you got enough money. <laughs> So we, I just thought that we might share some things that we've learned about money throughout the years. Um, talk about how we've talked to other couples about how they do their finances. Um, I think we can start there, like the different ways that couples might do their finances. So there is always everything separate, split down 50-50. We play bills 50-50. Uh, separate bank accounts. 
I've I've heard that a lot from um, older couples. Uh, not necessarily older couples. I'll say like uh, your your midlife. Those that are in their midlife and maybe their forties, uh, they've already been established in their careers. They've already set their families up, and so when they come together and they meet another uh, man or another woman in their life, by the time they get together, they're like, okay, I already had this stuff, so I know we get married, but I want to keep it that way. That's That's been the consensus that I've gotten. I can agree with that. Yeah, so it, it seems like if they're in the middle age range, that's what the, the standard is. For the older couples... You know, it kind of it kind of varies for me from from what I hear from them. What I hear, well, I, I agree, I agree. I hear two different things from older couples. I either hear that the man take care of take, takes care of all the bills, um, or like when we first got married, I had a lot of older women come up to me and tell me that it was important for me to keep my own secret account. <laughs> Just in case things go south. But I think, well, I don't want to jump too quickly into that. But I think there's a reason for that. Um, so I'll save that for later. And then for younger couples, um, I mean. Some couples also do it based on what you make. So if, say, if you make 60% of the income and I make 40% of the household income, then you would pay 60% of the bills and I would pay 40% of the bills or something like that. Yeah, I think millennial couples are doing it uh, just. Dutch. It had, but even even when you go out on dates now, that's kind of what the standard is. It's it's been, I pay for mine, you pay for yours. Uh, it wasn't that way for us. Uh, I've been raised by a a single mother. And so I always, growing up, I was like, man, I want somebody to do these things for my mom. But when I make it and I find love, I'm going to make sure I give everything to her I wanted my mother to have. And so, uh, and then she would tell me, Ed, you got to make sure you're taking care of these women and treating them right, treating them like a lady. So for me, it was just always different. I came in um, trying to pay for all the dates and everything. and Which was a shock for me because most of the guys that I dated before you, we were Dutch. <laughs> Unless it was like Valentine's Day or something. It was different that I didn't have to, I never had to ask like, like, do you got this? Or do I need to put in? Like, I think you fussed at me the first time we went out on a date because I tried to pull out my wallet. It sounds about right. Sounds about, You did a lot of things in the beginning. I was just like, does not compute you just you did not make sense to me when we first got together uh but financially i mean we like i said we started dating in high school so just our finances in general were kind of slim slim okay so i'm gonna let y'all in on a little secret in high school i was getting a child support check and my mom made sure from your father from my father yeah so my mother and father set up child support payment whatever well when i was in high school my mom sent all of that money directly to my bank account she didn't take a dollar out of it thank you mom i appreciate that she uh made sure every single dollar every month that i got was mine to spend that was like my allowance for the month i think it was about 500 and 
It was five hundred and some change. I don't know what the exact thing was like five fifty or five forty, whatever it was. In high school, you are a thousand at you you making six Baller. figures. You just big balling. So senior year in high school, I had that in at my disposal. And I, I got whatever I could scavenge up from like babysitting or doing hair. I was a hustler. Yeah, yeah. But um uh, my point is, when we started dating, I think right away, once, I can't remember how, how long we had been dating, but I mean, it was like, it was pretty quick that I was just like, okay, well, that's Reggie in the curtains back there, moving the curtains, <laughs> if you want to. Uh, I think right away, though, we I was just so open and honest with uh, all of the finances that I had and saying, hey, what's mine's is... Is yours now if we're gonna be dating. Let's let's practice with what we have here. And I'm glad to say it worked out. Otherwise I would have come up short with a lot of money. You would have <laughs> owed me some back child support. Uh but yeah, it worked out. It worked out. Everything worked out great. And I think that was the start of our um financial experience together. So it was nothing that I tried to keep away or nothing that I I said, you got yours, I got mine. It was always, this is ours, because I wanted to practice that. There's no secret that when I, when in high school, that was my dream, to meet my high school sweetheart and get married. I didn't want to date a lot of people. I didn't want to go through the ups and downs. So everything I did coming into the relationship was practice for what I thought would be a successful marriage. And it has turned out to be successful financially for us. Even when I didn't have, you picked up a lot. And I know it's a lot of women watching right now. You know, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you lead that one. Cause I, I can't as a man, it's taboo for me to say. I, I think before we go there, I think we should explain how we do finances in general before the 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 we get into that. Okay. Um so in general, we sit down and map out our bills and expenses. Um, doing using like an Excel sheet. Um, we you know factor in our incomes, what we want to put into savings, um, that sort of thing, and then you pretty much pay all of the bills. Like not necessarily that the money comes out of your account, but you actually make the call. Um, well, or- no, no, you know what? I I appreciate you for saying that. But, and this is another part of finance that I think a lot of couples don't discuss. Sometimes that bill paying part of it is a headache. It's a job in itself. And so for the large part of our relationship, all of that was me. I had to call everybody and make negotiations on bills. I had to pay the bill. I had to set the date if we needed to make a payment arrangement. I had to call and make the payment arrangement. And I think I just... You got a little bit stressed out. I got stressed because I had to work. I had to pay the bills. I had to... Uh, I always got to be on. Whenever I'm out in public, people expect me to like be... Woo! Whoa! Just bouncing off the walls all the time. Um, and so sometimes, usually, I'm by the time I get home, I'm exhausted. But that's usually prime time to call billing. Uh, and so at, I think at one point in time in our relationship, I was just like, this is just too much. I got to call this one and this one and that one. 
And you said, well, I can help out. I can help out. I don't mind helping. And I think it was just you were like, well, I, can I take, don't mind helping. But this, 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 and this. Yeah. But remember, at one point, it was like, I don't know how to do it. That is true. Like, I, you've been paying bills since you were young. Even, like, you just helped your mom out with bills and stuff. Whereas <laughs> I didn't have that experience. So when it came to, like, negotiating or, like, if something, if there was some kind of discrepancy or something like that, um, you know, people can give you the runaround. If you don't really know how to talk, how to negotiate, how to put your foot down, they can run you over. So there were times where, like, I would call whoever to pay a bill there would be some kind of disruptancy. And because they recognized that I was naive or ignorant, I got taken advantage of. And it wasn't, I had to like talk to you, talk to my mom, um, just get tips on how to handle those sorts of situations. I think that's something that I definitely want to teach. Um, and I'm really so grateful for it. I know I, I'm just talking about my mom, all this episode, but really she gave me those tools uh, when I was a little kid, when she was paying bills, she would do this voice switch. You know, it's no it's no secret. I'm pretty Southern. I can be real Southern, have a Southern drawl. But when I pick up the phone, she was like, Ed, you can't talk. You got to, hey, hello, this is Edward Perry. I'm calling on behalf of the Perry residents. I have a question concerning why it is my bill is an extra $50 more. It's unacceptable. I'm livid. I mean, you just go into this whole other thing. And that was a performance for me. I was like, mama, I didn't know you could switch it on and off like that. And I saw all of these things. And when I got older, it came naturally. So when this one comes, he's going to be one years old sitting right next to dad. All right, listen, we're getting ready to pay your light bill. This is how you do it. So that when it's time for him to meet his partner and life, He'll be able to pick that up. But that's something, like you said, that just the fact that she was willing to do it and take it off of me was was great. So that's another part of the bill paying aspect that I think and finances that a lot of couples miss because sometimes it can be a lot on one person uh, just to do that. But thank you I think for also doing like it. In certain couples, when I talk to other couples, there may be one person who is better at it, like. Um, I tend to be a procrastinator. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, so, and I'm forgetful. So I have to set reminders in my phone to, well, now I'm used to it. It's kind of, I've caught a rhythm of it, but at first I used to have to set reminders and alarms in my phone. Like, Hey, this is due on this day. You need to call and pay. Hey, this is due on that day. Um, and I found with other couples, they may have the same issue where somebody is a procrastinator or they're forgetful and they forget to pay. And then you get home and your lights out and it's like, I thought you paid a bill. Oh, I forgot um, type thing. So it's one communication. You need to talk to your partner and come up with a game plan more than anything or first budgeting. I'm that that is my strong suit. Sitting down, making those little Excel sheets, um, creating the formulas and stuff like that. That is where I excel. I can budget. I am good at saving uh, for the most part. Um, those are my strong financial suits. You are very strong at negotiating. At I think we're both good at finding <laughs> cheaper prices, like whether it's bills, shopping. We are, uh, what you call them, price negotiators. Um, 
couponers, so, all of that. Yeah. Right. So, um, and I'm a little bit cheaper than you. You are much cheaper than I am because I like nothing but the best for me and my family. I want us to have five star stuff uh, moving on up because there was a time when financially, even though we shared our bank accounts, even in college, we had access to each other's bank accounts. So if I was low on funds in college, I just transferred from her account. She was low. She transferred from my account. This is why communication is pouring. I remember, and it still haunts me to this day. I never looked at checkers the same after this. I remember I was in the drive-thru in my 1997 Ford Aerostar. The Scooby-Doo van. The Scooby-Doo van. That's what they call it at Mays High. I was in the drive-thru line on Cascade Road in front of the Kroger. I had just ordered two big Bufords. They had them two, two for, five. for five, two for five. <laughs> no pickles, no tomatoes, extra mayo on no bad boys. I got in line. I knew, because I had been at school all day, I knew I had $7 on that card. I knew it. I was confident. I had nothing else, but this was going to be the last supper before I was broke. Got in line, put my order in. I gave them the card. And the lady at the register said, your card declined. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Obviously, you're mistaken. You might want to swipe the card again, ma'am. I know the card is not declined. She swiped it again. She was like, your card declined. Like, and they oh. always be extra loud when they, they tell always, you that. Every, every last card behind me heard it. And I was so confident, I logged into my Bank of America account in front of this lady while she was seeing my card decline. And I had exactly 30 cents left in my account. I remember that. But you know what happened? It wasn't that, that I had a delayed <laughs> payment come through. It wasn't that I made a purchase that I forgot about. It wasn't even a pending status on it or credit on it. You know what happened? Somebody took my last seven dollars. That's in the past. We don't have to talk about that. But you gotta communicate because now I'm in the drive through looking stupid. I'm embarrassed. I'm just hurt and I'm hungry. Luckily now we haven't had to deal with that problem because God has blessed us and we've prospered. But you always got to communicate because guess what? Now, even though it's not two checker burgers or whatever the case may be, now we got bigger purchases like washing machines mm. and uh, baby stuff and dog stuff or uh, trips and vet things. Vet bill. bills. So Cars. Now yes. So, I mean, luckily, thank God, I mean, we really... We really have been blessed financially. I sit down and look back over my life. Oh, I'm about to preach. Let me be quiet before I preach. We've been blessed, but we've also had, I feel like because we started out so young, we got to struggle together. Like, I remember there was this one time in college, I lost my wallet. And the next day when I went, to, well, like, you know, the it was like a Monday, Wednesday class. So on the next Wednesday when I went to class, my wallet was sitting in my seat and there was a sticky note on it that said your card was declined for some ramen noodles and they put $20 in my wallet. 
they put they tried to use my card for some ramen noodles 25 cent ramen noodles and it was declined so they gave me 20 dollars even with you it took me a long time to accept financial help like i i'm the type of person where like if i just don't have it i just don't eat like so when it comes to trying to ask for help i'm not i'm not that so was it important for you as a woman to have a partner or a boyfriend or a husband who had money i think for me And especially because we started dating so young, money wasn't super important to me at that time. Um, growing up, my my grandmother made a, a very nice salary um, and still paid no bills, uh, pretty much. My granddaddy pretty much paid all the bills, like their house was paid for. So pretty much the only bill was her car. Um, of course, like utilities and stuff, but... In comparison to what she made, we were very well off. And so. You live, she lived with her grandparents. Oh, yes. I, I grew up with my grandparents for most of my life. Um, but even though we weren't struggling financially, where I found lack a lot of the time was quality time. So money to this day does not impress me. It does not. Um, I don't know. It does not, not that I want you to be broke, but what's more important to me is quality time. You showing up and supporting me. So, but I also feel that I'm not going to fund you to be doing nothing. Um, what you were trying to get into earlier was after graduation, it was hard for you to find a job, right? That wasn't what I was going to, but I, I like where you're going. Oh, okay. So after we graduated, well, he graduated first. Um, it was hard. You went, like, what, three months without a job? Yeah, I think it was the entire summer I had gone with that. I had been applying. I had been going on uh, interviews, getting interviews, to the very last interview, and then no driving job. Uber, Lyft, uh, whatever I could. To, to try and provide because for me, like you said, money wasn't a big deal, but I I cannot <laughs> I cannot peacefully live if I don't have a steady stream of income coming in. I just it just bothers my my insides to the core. I just I don't feel comfortable. Besides the lap but the first time I got fired that was the only time I was fired. But even still, you knew you were getting paid for two weeks. I had money coming in. So, I mean, I was that. It's a different kind of piece, though. I mean, even still, maybe if I had it had gone longer, I probably would have been uncomfortable. But at the time when she was like, hey, I got to let you go, I was like, okay, well, I'm at peace. But this time when I was let go, because I was doing work study, and after you graduate, there is no work study. They're just like, all right, you got to go. And finding a job, going into the real world as a student with no experience. Everybody says you got to have experience. It's different. And then furthermore, as a... And the sad thing was you had experience because you've been working since you were, what, 18? Yeah, but you still have to have experience in, in that, that field. field. Yeah, so... Um, 
saying necessarily the same thing. But I mean, just as a as a man, and then as a black man, I really had this this thing just attached to me where I have to have money that comes in to help my family. Cause it wasn't just you. We were living with my mom at the time, so I was like, I gotta help mom out. I gotta take care of Janicia. We had the dogs, Reggie and Maxwell. Now we just got Reggie, but we had Reggie and Maxwell. So I just feel like I just was not thriving. So I had to have that for my peace. Um, and then on my end, it's like when when women. Not just black women. I was going to say black women, but not just black women. But when women hear that you're dating a man and he is struggling to get a job or something, then you get bombarded with like all of these questions like, well, is he going to interviews? Or do he need me to look at his resume? Or what is he doing? Is he sitting at home playing video games? I'm like, no, he he's had interviews. Uh, in college, that's what you did. You looked at resumes. That was your work study job, resume building. Um, so it wasn't that you needed help with your resume. It was really just that experience that kept holding you back. And so it's like, even though, I mean, yes, we were struggling financially. So there was no like, no extracurricular activities. Um, we still found time to date, which was mostly just going to sit at the park <laughs> or, you know, um, ride around the city, uh, pulling the laptop in the car so we can pretend like we had to drive in movies. We, you know, we still make fun. Even when we didn't have money, we still made time and effort to date. Um, so I didn't, and that's what it takes for me, that quality time. The fact that even though we may be struggling financially, like I may come home and you made dinner and, you know, lit candles and stuff or ran me a bath or like sometimes I get home and you know that I've been a worker all day. So you, rub my feet or something like that so I didn't have an issue with and as, and you were trying it's not like you was at home playing video games if I came home well no sometimes I was I'm not gonna... <laughs> realistically sometimes I was like alright I had enough of this I've applied the five or six jobs let me just but that's what I'm decompress. saying there, there are men who or and women um, who are struggling financially and then not putting any effort to change their circumstances so like if I'm in a relationship and I'm supposed to be looking for a job, but I haven't applied or interviewed or done anything for like four or five days, that's different than I applied to five jobs this morning. Let me take a break and play some video games. I think it was just hard for me. I hope she doesn't get mad when I say this. It's with love. <laughs> but my mother-in-law, <laughs> Mama D, she was... Every day, and you know how the phone not on speakerphone, but you can hear what they saying. It was like she would call at the most. It was like she would call as soon as you were laying right within earshot of me, and the first words out of her mouth would be like, "Hey, babe, you got a job?" I'd be like, "This mother, oh my." <laughs> but my, we've already discussed that my mom is a worry. She's a worry. She's a worrier. So her concern was like. Hey, do I need to call some of my friends to see if they can get you into their at their job? I get, I get it, I get it. But just I just want to make time, sure the people know it's not like she was beating him down. I love all of my moms, my mom, her, my um, both of her. My I love all of my mamas. My moms are great. 
I have the best mothers. I think I have the best mother-in-laws in the world. They did our uh, baby shower. Baby shower. Which was absolutely beautiful. Uh, and then it is no secret how much I love my mama. I'm a self-proclaimed mama's boy, and I can tell you how she's done things for me over the years. So all of our moms are... But even my mom was kind of like, well, Ed, you know... Get married. You got to have a job. She going to leave you. She, Oh, and my dad. Oh, gosh. (laughs) He just. Oh. But I get it. Everybody is for the best interest of the lady in the life. Not necessarily the guy. Everybody worries about her. This is something I really want to say for those men out there that may be in those moments without finances. um, And you're trying you need to make sure your mental health is okay. I know society puts a lot on us as men, and especially as black men, but you got to make sure that your mental health is okay, that you do whatever it takes to decompress because your peace is what's going to drive your success. You have peace of mind and you know what you're doing. We're going to talk about mental health in another episode. For me, I'm not bragging. I'm not acting like I'm, you know, some magical being but i've always had that ability to kind of like protect my peace so it wasn't that it was it was agitating but it didn't really weigh heavy on me but i know it can for a lot of people and i think the reason why society pushes um men so much uh to be providers is because back in the day when your grandparents were around i know for sure when my grandparents were around you could make it in the household off of one person's income you know you didn't need two people to work but today you almost certainly are gonna need at least at least if you want to live the extravagant lives that you know social media pushes or you want to be like your friends and everything you can make it off of one income but it's gonna be tight i mean we did it for a little while uh last year we just did you know, when you first so find the, out. On the flip side, um, when I first found out I was pregnant, uh, I quit my job. <laughs> I, um, like two weeks after I found out I was pregnant, I was miserable at work. Um, and you kept telling me to quit. But once again, I don't like asking for help. I don't like trying to depend on, even to this day, I, I don't like having to depend on other people. And I know that he's my husband and I, I should feel comfortable, but I don't know. I, I feel like a burden if I'm not pitching in in some way. Um, but my boss called me fussing, um, talking about I, I didn't do anything at work, even though I was the only person on the team that was actually doing something. So I was just like, look, I'm going to drop off my keys and my phone. I don't need this. At that time, I was really starting to experience the woes of pregnancy anyway. So... I was just like, look, I'm going to drop off my keys and my phone and I'm going to, that'll be it. No two weeks notice, nothing. I literally was, I was driving to work when she called me fussing. So I still drove to work, dropped off my keys and my phone. And then I just left for the day and I did not work for what, two months, two, three months. It was about two or three months. Yeah. It was it three months. To, well, the, from the end of August up until the end of November. I started working again in the end of November. And even though I feel like I needed that time because 
my pregnancy was going so, so rough in the beginning. Um, I think that it was a blessing that she called me that day because I don't think that with what was going on, I could have worked and been okay because I was at home and not okay. Um, so, but even still, like, like I said, I'm a saver. So I'm still like, hey, I can pay this this month out of the savings and, and stuff like that. And you were anxious to get back to work. And I was like, well, no, you can take your time. Just relax. Um, but it was tight. It was tight on my pockets because, like you said, I am the one that likes to go out and, and buy stuff for her, buy stuff for me. I just, I'm always, I am. I'm, I'm a huge shopper. And then on top shopper. of that, you got mortgage. We got two brand new cars. Um, those are the, the big insurance. Bruh, car insurance when you are young. Who Lord. Anyway, so those, I think those four things, the mortgage, the two car notes, and the insurance more than anything, those were the heaviest. Yeah, but we made it. I mean, we made it. It was like nothing was lost. We, we just had to cut down and just go to the essentials yeah essentials but even still we splurged still because we went to vegas we still had extra i mean it wasn't like we lost anything god bless us because like we would get random gift cards for stuff Mm -hmm. or people just random send us randomly send us money and stuff not that they knew what was going on they just randomly was like hey you know i want to bless y'all or something like that um and even still i had so much peace it wasn't like we were, it was tight and I was like, oh God, I don't know what to do. We still had enough wiggle room to, and I know a lot of people don't believe in this, but at the time I was, I was tithing 10% of whatever I got, whatever came in the house, which it wasn't a small amount. <laughs> what I was tithing was a, a large portion of the income that came in. If I had not tithed, it probably wouldn't have felt like it was so tight, but because I was so confident and I had so much faith, you know, I was just like, here, God, take this and we'll make the rest work, which is why I think we were able to, you know, keep moving. So uh, that's a totally different type of I wasn't, finance I type. wasn't at that kind of peace. I, I am like my mother in the fact that I am a worrier. So even though he, you never made me feel a way, you never made me feel like things were tight, if I wanted something or asked for something, then the next day you would magically show up with it. Um, you never made me feel like things were tight, but I could not help but feel like, hey, you need to get back to work. Hey, you need to get back to work. Hey, like, even though, like I said, it was it was really, really rough. And, we, and we'll talk about that when we do our watermelon episode, um, how this pregnancy has went. Um, it was a blessing that I was able to not work that first, pretty much my first trimester. Um, but I I still felt, I don't know, like a burden or like a like I wasn't contributing or something. Like I wasn't part of the team. Just in general, here's the question I want to ask. Since we're talking about finances and I mentioned tithing, how did faith and finances kind of um play a role in our marriage 
And what I mean by faith and finances is, you know, I know we've got all kind of viewers on here. I know some people aren't necessarily Christians, but in the Christian belief, you tie 10% of your income, whatever that is, into, you know, your church or however you define the tithe, whether it be in your church, whether it be in your community, you're taking 10% and dedicating that 10% unto the Lord. Yeah. So I, no matter what, no matter how tight it was, no matter how small or how big it was, I was consistent. I was like, I got to do this. But some people uh, would be like, you have lost your mother mind what do you mean you you need that money and i know sometimes in marriages that has caused like a huge rift i've heard some couples talk about how you know my wife gave 10 percent to the church and we didn't even have enough to pay for the light bill or you know my husband gave 10 percent to the church and the baby needed a new pair of shoes so how did that affect our marriage if it did um, I don't think it is. I think that we are in one accord when it comes to tithing. Um, and I also feel like in my experience, God has never let us lack. Um, if we're tithing consistently, like, um, there was a time where, where you did stop tithing. I think it was around that time where you were you couldn't find a job or something like that. I was like, God, listen, if you until you bless me, I ain't giving another dollar because the tithe ain't working. And then the prophet the prophet came in. But then the next day somebody wrote us a check, was like, Hey, I don't know why God told me to bless you and wrote us a check for a hundred dollars. So that lasted us for the week. And then when I was leaving, I got to use that to buy groceries because we had no food. When I was leaving the store, there was a family outside. And so I went back in the store and just bought like little cheap stuff that I know that they can make meals with. They had a house. They just didn't have money for food. So I went in and got like, you know, like some instant mashed potatoes and maybe like a, a thing of drumsticks, which cost maybe like $10. But it was enough for a meal for a family of four um, for a few days and then the next day somebody else wrote us a check or I think there was a little bit extra on my paycheck or something like that so I don't really have an issue with tithing because I've seen the results of it um, and I've there's never been a time where in my experience where like we've tithed and then the lights got cut off or, or something like that and you know always in our finances and I really always got to thank you for for that um, I don't know if you know how much it means no matter what throughout our entire union not once has she questioned any financial well she has but it's been like a I don't know about that but if you said it will go for it and that just to me just gave me so much comedy it kind of pushes me to try and do better with our finances like I mean i I will say, all right, well, I don't care what you think. We're doing it. But I've always been like, because she honored so much what I said, even if I wasn't the one who brought the funds in at the time, I may have been down and out. She would still be like, all right, so what are we going to do with this? 
And just because of that, that meant so much to me that I was like, all right, I got a responsibility. I got to do my due diligence to to work it out. So thank you for that. Seriously. I think that goes into the whole wives submit to your husband. We were talking about this with another couple um, the other day about how our generation doesn't really, our generation of women doesn't believe in submitting to the man. Um, but I don't think that's true. I think that there's a lack of trust. Um, for me, it's easy to submit to you. It's easy to, um, like you said, to just kind of go along with your planning process because I trust you. I feel like there's there's never been a time where you've made a decision without considering me, without considering my feelings, my physical and emotional well-being. Um, and also because I know that you're a researcher. If you have some sort of plan. Are you the researcher? When it comes to our finances and, and things like that, you have to sit down and figure, like, you're going to talk to different people about it. You're going to go to Google and, and look at different things or ways that you can cut costs on it. Like, even when we bought the house, I was just trying to get an apartment. I felt like, you know, leaving his mother's house, the next step would be an apartment. And you was like, no, we're going to buy a house. Um, which, to me... I didn't see the vision immediately, but you had sat down and saw the cost of renting versus mortgage. Um, we worked on building our credit, how to build our credit and things like that. So you, you took that time to research it. And then not only that, pull me into the research so that we're able to do these things. It's not like you just up and be like, I want to buy a Chevy today. So I'm just going to buy a Chevy. That's a, when you make a financial decision like that, and it's a major one, then you have sat down and thought about it for weeks. You never come and just be like, unless, no, you never, even if you have some kind of epiphany, like a God given dream or something like that, you still are going to pray about it. You're going to do research and then decide to do it. And you said something about wives submitting themselves, but it's also a second part to that. Husbands, submit yourselves also. That's the part that most men will forget that part. They'll be like, yeah, submit yourself. You also have to submit to your wife, which is why I think just in general, and this is like the message we always push, is communication is going to be the key. And I don't think I realized it until we started doing these podcasts and, and talking so much, but I really do think communication is the key to success in any form or fashion. So even in those decisions, those major decisions, that's why I would pull you in and talk and say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I want to do. Here's how I want to do it. What do you think? And then from that, you might say, well, I don't know. And I don't want this. And or I just I want ask that. a million and one questions. And I say, okay, well, you know what? I can't take no more questions today. Let's revisit it tomorrow. We get frustrated, but we always come back and address it. So make sure you communicate. That's the most important part. But I, I really just honor you for that, for what you did uh, in those moments. And then I know we're almost to the end. So this is the last thing. Is it, well, I'm just going to come out and say, I think there are some things that you don't for us in this marriage i don't think we ever blatantly said it but we still have access to each other's bank accounts we still have a, a joint um 
So we, we do the the joint account and then two separate accounts. Two separate accounts. It's kind of like your separate account is more so for your play. Whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. you know, that's yours. Don't ask, don't tell, whatever you want to do with that money. But even still, with the separate accounts, if if I'm short on funds and I need it to borrow some, borrow, if I need to get some cash because I'm not going to give it back, I could just take it. Yeah, I pretty much just log in, or I I try to text you first because I don't I would hate to have another checker situation. But that's the thing. I'm I'm glad to say that we have, unless I'm buying an extremely big ticket item, I don't. I mean, that's that's like man. It's, I wish we just I could let each show other this. know like, hey, I borrowed fifty dollars from or borrow. I got fifty dollars from. I transferred fifty dollars from your account. Or right. hey. Uh, I went and bought this using your account or something like that. Yeah, I took your card or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we do operate like that. We just have complete and total trust in each other with finances. Uh, but, but we also aren't frivolous spenders. But, <laughs> but. I also think there is a such thing as having just, because I know sometimes you're adults, you want to have your own identity. I don't feel like you have to check in for every single purchase. Now, you do. You you come in all the time. Hey, I'm going to buy a pack of hair. And I'm going to be like, okay, what you telling me for? TMI, I don't care. Get the hair or whatever. So you, you think that I'm just being frivolous, but that hair is expensive. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. When she call, when you normally call and you be like, "Hey, I'm getting a pack of hair," I'm like, "Okay, why do I care?" That's, you know, that's an that's an expensive, and and the sad thing is, I just be it's not that I'm checking in all the time. I'm kind of just telling you about my day, like, "Hey, I'm thinking about changing my hair. I'm thinking about dyeing my hair. I'm thinking about buying this, or I'm thinking about getting my hair braided." Um, it's not necessarily that I'm checking in and telling you that I'm purchasing this. Oftentimes, it's just me telling you about my day, my thought process. Oh, I misunderstood. We, we have a failure to communicate. In also, that because you are such a visual person, and I, I, certain for certain events and things like that, I like to to look in your favorite way. I, I don't know how to say that. Um, how do you say that? You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, appeal try to look appealing yes so like um i might try to wear my hair in your favorite hairstyle or wear your favorite kind of outfit or something like that not to say that i'm just uh doing everything to please my man um but sometimes you know you just want to put in that extra effort for them like sometimes you'll put on i love when ed wears tan and blue those are my favorite colors to see him in and i like like my favorite cologne and stuff sometimes you put extra effort into just wearing the stuff that i like and i do the same for you so sometimes or if i'm gonna make a big decision like when i be thinking about cutting all my hair i talk to you about it first but that's a running joke with us because our deal is i can't cut my hair if he can't cut his beard and he cannot cut his beard and i feel like that's a that's a decent compromise Good to know we had this little revelation. <laughs> but here's my point. Here's my point. As I close, this is my third closing. As I close. Thank you guys for tuning in to another 
episode of the Dear Honey Podcast. I hope this was helpful in some way. I do too. I hope we are doing something to inspire you guys and uplift you guys. I know the running theme has been communication in everything we do, which is why I'm saying I'm realizing how important it is just by doing it. Um, and I'm enjoying these podcasts just because it gives us something to talk it, about. It's weekly. funny because I feel like we used to just sit in the car and talk for hours. Um, like you would take me home or something and we would just sit in the car and have these kinds of conversations with each other. Um, and now they've turned into a podcast. <laughs> Turn into a podcast. Yeah. So they give us something to talk about. This helps make our marriage better. So you guys are helping us make our marriage uh, flow and giving us something to to do on a weekly basis together that this is scheduled time that we have for at least 45 minutes to an hour to just sit and talk as busy as life can be this is our moment uh, and we thank you guys for tuning in i will see you guys next time with a, a pregnant belly i suppose